1: On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Didn't anybody ever tell you not to bring a knife to a gunfight? Didn't anyone ever tell you not to hassle the Hoffman? Top five American bands. Do you like
2: American music, baby? Welcome to the Only Three Lads podcast, where each week we take a look at the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999. Come on in, sit down. Today we have a great topic. Of course, I am Uncle Greg. And of course, we have the rockter, the professor, the all knowing of all music, Brett Fargo. Wow. You had to pull that one out of the ether. Well, I had to because I wanted to get it right. Like last week when we were talking about music, like our guests would sit there, Mr. Strickland, and he would just bring up this random stuff that I was like, oh, that's amazing. And you were like totally up on it, finishing his sentences. <laughs> and he was thanking you for that. So I thought that's we amazing. We were
0: kindred spirits. Yes,
2: I know. You're yes. a big, big fan. But that was a great episode. And today we have another great episode. Of course, we just had Independence Day on Sunday, our country's 245th birthday so we mm-hmm. thought, what's what would be a great topic? Because last week we were having so much fun with Mr. Strickland, we forgot to do the randomizer. And so then we decided we would just do our top five American bands of the O3L era. Yes. Proud to be an American. Yeah, amen, brother. Now, here's the thing, though. This was torture for me. I actually let out screams because some of the bands I have left off my list. It was really hard because you're like, and so then I just went with (laughs) what I was feeling at the time, but it was really hard. And I know a lot of the people here in the only three lads community went to the Facebook page because we were asking you for you to be the third lad. And a lot of people, they gave us their list. So thank you for that. A lot of great bands on there, but boy, it's really hard. Like I could tell you right now that gave me a lot of angst. Oingo Boingo is not on my list. The cars Mm. is not on my list. Uh, Razor is not on my list. And so I was just like, I'm starting to have like heart palpitations. I was uh, getting cramps. Uh, This was definitely a a hard list for me to put together, but I stand behind it. And again, this is my list. So you may have a different list, but gosh, it's just so many great bands and great music that's out there that's been around during our era. And it's really hard to pick five top American bands. Totally. Well, you know that in my world...
0: The number of bands outside of the U.S. outnumbers the number of American bands I listen to. But still, there are so many great American bands during our era and just such a rich musical history. So, you know, the Violent Femmes, of course, pose the very poignant question. Do you like American music, baby? And the answer is a resounding yes. So. I also want to say, Greg, that since we are recording, I know not when people listen to this, but we are recording on the 4th of July. I would also just like to say, Greg, thank you
2: very much for serving our country. You're welcome. Well, thank you for being my country, first of all. If I didn't join the Navy, I would have never found 91X because we've talked about this in past episodes. Not really a lot of alternative music was played in Phoenix until the 90s. Um, We had, uh, you know, KUKQ. And that came later, I think probably late 80s, but it was on the AM. And, you know, it was core to the core. Like if you, if you didn't have green hair and if you were a guy <laughs> who didn't have black nails, you probably didn't listen to the station. So then when I got back and I discovered The Edge and then I started bugging them for a job, that's how I got into radio. I was persistent, tenacious, and I just loved the music. And it went on from there. But it was really The the Edge in Phoenix. That really came on in about, what was it, like 93? Right around the time you got into it. Yeah, well, actually, so then it was 92. It was the fall of 92. It came on the air, but it didn't really have jocks or anything until uh, January of 93. And then I started working there in May of 93. I think it was like May 12th, May 13th. And then they had their big Edge Fest that that very day. It was great. You know, uh, thinking back, you had... Uh, White Zombie was there that played the night before because part of our station's cluster, we also had uh, Z-Rock, which was like a hard rock station. Mm, You know, all the hair metal that was getting bounced out, but still had a little legging at that time. And then, you know, of course, the next day for, I, you know, I got to meet, gosh, uh, Johnny Resnick. Um, I got to meet uh, all these people. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots, we got them for two grand for that show, and they're walking around what a great, great start to my career. And, but there's just so much great music. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and, and to, and to be an American and to, uh, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of great countries and, uh, you know, global citizens. I just want to uh, fear no one and love everyone is kind of my ethos or pathos. I don't know. I have to go to Starbucks to figure out which one it is, but I, really that's what I teach my son too, is that, uh, You know, just fear no one and respect everyone. And uh, we could all get along wonderfully. Those are words to live by. Well, I am too much
0: of a uh, yellow-bellied, lily-livered hippie to uh, have ever served, but I appreciate you for what you did. Well, thank you. More importantly, last week, you brought up Iggy Pops the Passenger. Yes. This week, I sent you over a video by the best American band of all time, David Hasselhoff, of his I new did. cover version of The Passenger. Did you have a
2: chance to watch that? I uh, I, I did. And um, right away, I almost uh, started an addiction. I was looking for heroin, but I, I couldn't. Uh, okay. So I just turned it off and I promised myself I'll never watch that again. <laughs> David Hasselhoff, wonderful human being, I'm sure. Uh, he's got his flaws. He's, you know, he's truly a, a, a human. And uh, if he would please stop singing some of my favorite songs, that would be great. Cause what was the other song? Yeah. Oh, um, uh, head on by Jesus and Mary Chain he did last year. Oh, well, there was the one too from uh, open your eyes and see what's in front of you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Lords of the New Church, and I love that song. That's like one of those early MTV videos that yeah. like, everybody around me was like, What is this crap? I'm like, It's the greatest thing ever, and <laughs> I love that song, Lords of the New Church. I love the band. Um, remember, oh god, what, what was the very first kind of like uh, when the internet first came into prominence in the mid nineties, it was a rock something rock. It was like a, an internet page for music. It was one of the very first ones. The drummer from Lords of the new church put it together and it was called Mm. rockless something, but I cannot remember if I figure it out. I I can't remember back that far. The memory is failing me. Well, that's what's so scary is now like a lot of these bands, like you start thinking that was 25 years ago. Oh crap. Hard to believe. Then you start looking for gray pubes and you're like, oh, not yet. (laughs) That's how you know everything's right in the world. That's how you know. Okay, good. My hair is still got color. My body is not giving up yet. So (laughs) thank God. So you ready to get into our list of the top five American bands? (laughs) Yes, I am. All right. So you want to start or you want me to start? Sure, I will start. That's fine. First of all, I have to
0: mention my parameters this week because you're right. It was very tough. Left a lot of great bands. We're going to mention a lot of great bands, both from listeners. And then, you know, I'm sure we both have a slew of honorable mentions, but bands that had like a clear headline name, like one that I thought was great was Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Mm -hmm. But Tom Petty was the man. Uh, Same thing with Bruce Springsteen, who I know, you know, you would
2: disagree with me on that one, but I don't hate him. I, I, I love that he exists. I've just never really loved his music. Okay. But some of the music that he's yeah. written and recorded by other artists, I think, is great. Like "Because of the Night" by Patty Smith. Because of the Night Big song.
0: Uh, was looking for like a certain amount of prolificness, and then judging them by the entirety of their catalog during the 3 l era. So a great example. I'm going to give another spoiler alert of one that came close, but I left off. Cheap Trick. Three or four. Of their first few albums were flawless. And then they had their wilderness years, I'm going to say, like mid 80s to the mid 90s, where they've just put out a lot of garbage. So I, I kept them off my list as a result. What about Eternal Flame? Did you like that song? Oh, The Flame? Yeah, The Flame. You know, it's good for what it is, a power ballad. I mean, it's not he's a whore. It's yeah. not Surrender. Or She's Tight. Or Dream Police. Or She's Tight. Yeah, exactly. Those tracks. But it's not bad. I'm going to ease into my list by starting with an American band so influenced by what was coming out of England that you would be forgiven for not realizing that they were from Hershey, Pennsylvania. So, hailing from the chocolate capital of the USA is my number five, The Ocean Blue. The band released five records during the '03L era, from 1989's self-titled debut to 1999's Davy Jones' Locker, and they've built a career perfecting a sound that is indebted to bands like The Smiths, Echo and the Bunnymen, U2, New Order, and Aztec Camera, dreamy chiming guitars, atmospheric keyboard, and sweet melodic vocals. 1991 Cerulean as the best entry into the band's catalog if you had to pick one. A stunning blend of dream pop and indie jangle released in the year that grunge broke, but you'd never know it by listening to it. Ballerina Out of Control from that album is one of my favorite songs by anyone, anywhere. It's the kind of shimmering gorgeous song that you hear and you go, oh, blimey, I wish I could write a song like that. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. This is this is American this week, so. <laughs> Jay Willikers! That's a darn tootin' good song. I'm gonna get in trouble this week, sorry. But don't sleep on an album like 1996's "See the Ocean Blue, which ramps up the 60s influence to produce one of the best mid 90s Brit pop albums. By a band not from the UK. The band actually did moderately well, landing four singles in the top 10 on the US alternative charts. Between Something and Nothing, Drifting Falling, the aforementioned Ballerina Out of Control, and Sublime, but overall they deserved a much better fate. They should rightfully be revered as one of the great American guitar pop bands, even if you have to do a double take on the country of origin. But life isn't always fair, and the band lived by the immortal words of The Hoff, when he said, when you realize that life isn't fair, you don't act out. You don't get self-indulgent. You just move forward. Thanks, Hoff. And thanks, Ocean
2: Blue, my number five this week. Your number five pick made me snort because you were talking uh, about getting in trouble. And then uh, it gave me uh, like almost anxiety because I think that throughout the show, we're going to hear a Hoff reference on every single one of your picks. Weird. <laughs> I've learned to love you. And, uh, Thank you. Uh, since we started this back in January in 2020. To know me is to love I know where me. you're going with this. All right. Well, it's going to be interesting to find out where exactly we go. Thank you. All right. Well, at number five for me, it's a band guy who uh, kicks off the My Greatest American Alternative Bands of the 03 era list. And he's often imitated but never replicated. I can tell you exactly where I was where I first heard Nine Inch Nails. 32nd Street Naval Base, the bar, the scuttlebutt, the song Head Like a Hole, came out of nowhere and hit me like an earthquake. I mean, I love synth, love heavy metal, and Trent Reznor welded those two genres together for me. I mean, it was 32 years ago that Pretty Hate Machine came out. It brought industrial rock to the mainstream, and I've never looked back since. I've really loved that genre, uh, but I can't believe it's 32 years ago. And Uh for decades, Reznor, with Nine Inch Nails, has delivered angst, pulsing electro rhythms, and eardrum-shattering greatness. So Cleveland's Nine Inch Nails starts off my list of the top five American bands. Is he from Cleveland? Yeah. Huh. I don't think I realize that. Yeah, Cleveland. And then because if like if you go on YouTube, you could find some of his early bands where it's just synth. And then to think how then he brought in those that heavy metal guitar and really, you know, brought nine inch nails together. I wonder if that had anything to do with the uh, kind of industrial sound.
0: Oh, I'm sure. So I think Cleveland is a relatively industrial town. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think
2: I've actually been there. Uh, I've been through there and, uh, you know, a lot of mafia, a lot of labor, uh, you know, a lot of uh, like you said, it's it's a lot of factories. At least it was. But yeah, I think a lot of tough people live there, a lot of good people. So Cleveland, a tough town. Hello, Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why it's like, what happened to the Browns? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we uh, do we want to do some third lad shout outs? Yes. Well, for me, uh, for number five, Peter Cook, he went on the Facebook page and gave us his list. And his number five pick of the top five American bands, Blondie, which is a great pick.
0: Blondie is a great pick. Ryan Hancock had an unusual one. He had Jude the Obscure, which uh, he was one of my wife's high school friends. So I have a feeling that is probably his high school band.
2: <laughs> well, we got to check so, it out. See if we can hear some there of you go. I was going to say, because Obscure, <laughs> I've never heard of that band. So th- I guess they live up to their name. Truth and Advertising. There you go. So what's your number four? My number four, and I am going to lead off number
0: four (laughs) with a quote. Here we go, the Hoff quote. I think people respect me because they feel I'm kind of like Christmas. I come back every year. Yes, even though that quote is from the Hoff, it might as well be about Husker Du in the 80s. Mm -hmm. The Twin Cities band was unbelievably prolific in the 80s, cramming in six studio albums, including two double LPs, plus EPs and singles into a little more than four years. To borrow from the band's first EP, Husker du evolved at a land speed record pace. I have to admit, I don't often revisit the band's earliest records because I have a pretty low tolerance for hardcore because I usually find that speed and aggression often overcompensate for a lack of melody. Thankfully, though, the band's second studio full-length 1984 Zen Arcade more than makes up for that. It does retain some of the loud, fast rules of hardcore, but there is a sense of daring experimentation and pop songcraft that rightfully sets the album apart as one of the greatest indie rock records of all time. The Angriest acerbic Songs of Bob Mould are punctuated by the more direct melodicism of Grant Hart and all tied together by a vague concept about a young man who is trying to escape an abusive home. You would think after releasing a masterpiece like that they would take some time off to rest on their laurels, but six months later, in January 1985, another album, New Day Rising, was released and was sharper, more focused, and arguably even better. Eight months after that, another five-star classic, Flip Your Wig, followed, And then six months after that, Candy Apple Gray appeared as their major label breakthrough. 1987's Warehouse Songs and Stories would prove to be the band's swan song, a mature double album song cycle that finds the two writers splitting time equally. But ultimately, the personality clashes led to tension between them. Well, and drug use and suicide of their manager and all those other uh, rock and roll tropes. While both Mold and Hart would go on to respected solo careers, including their respective follow-up bands, Sugar and Nova Mob, nothing could possibly recapture the trailblazing work these young men did with Greg Norton, a.k.a. the best mustache in the biz, the side of John Oates. Incendiary, cathartic, and beautiful, the Hooskers get
2: my nod for number four this week. Wow, that's a great band. Yeah. And let me tell you, it wasn't only their personality clash. They might have been able to fix that. It's the hanger-ons telling each of them that they're the one. And they start believing, well, if, you know, I was on my own. And sometimes, you know, parts are not greater than the whole. And, uh, you know, Husker Du, that's one of those bands that maybe you didn't catch them the first time, but they influence so many people. Oh, totally. You know, and just think now, you would never have a band put out all those albums in that short a time. The marketing, the way how it's done, it would be, you're, you're lucky if you get one album out a year. Like they used to come out one you know, every six months or so. Yeah. But no, that's why now, oh wow, it comes out so slow and they got to have this marketing campaign and we got to move units and Hugo was talking about, you know, bands should just go on their own. Burnham? Yep. Mr. Burnham came on about two, three weeks ago. I remember that. Yeah. And he was just saying you're probably just better doing it on your own now unless you're like part of like the pop and that's one thing that you see now is you don't see bands, you see individual artists like, Billy Eilish and like The Weeknd, and you know, it's not so much bands uh, right now. Yeah, I that's probably to keep the payroll low, and that way they can buy 25 million dollar homes in the Hollywood Hills and not split that money up. <laughs> just saying, but I don't know for sure. Just saying, there never been go. in that problem. I've never had that problem having to fight with people over big money. I wouldn't mind trying it out. Yeah, no, yeah, me too. I'm just saying, <laughs> oh, you know what, dude? I okay. We'll split the 50 million in half. Okay. I could totally live with that. I totally do. I'd split the 50 grand. I'd split (laughs) 50 bucks sometimes. Yeah. Hey, it all sounds good. It's all beer money, right? All beer money. There you go. All right. Well, that number four on my list of the top five American bands is one that broke up 10 years ago. But they are still more than qualified to be named America's greatest band. Of course, R.E.M., their first 16 years, Just Magic. And okay, maybe their albums Monster and New Adventures in the Hi-Fi weren't their greatest, but the band from Athens, Georgia in the 80s made artsy, uncommercial music on purpose, and they built this huge crowd, helped build alternative music, and all their music begged for headphone listening because you're trying to figure out exactly what Michael Stipe is trying to say. What's more American than songs about railroad workers, laborers, and that local weirdo in any town? So, REM's musical impact could never be questioned. It was about the music and never about the image, especially in the MTV days when it was all about the image. So I'm just telling you, R.E.M., one of the greatest American bands and they're at number four on my list. this Great week. choice. That was a tough one to leave off for me. I was afraid that they wouldn't make a list and I'd be heartbroken because I was never a huge R.E.M. fan. And there are songs that I gravitate to more than others. And I should yeah. probably go back and listen to their albums because that's one of those bands back in the 80s when I was a teenager, different person. I was like, well, whatever, not hard enough. But I could probably go back and listen and understand more. And uh, maybe like their music even better now, but I haven't totally done that yet.
0: Oh, gosh. All their IRS albums are just so incredible. Yeah. The major label stuff,
2: you know, it it resonates, I think, a little bit less with me. I think that's with a lot of people, but it was more commercial. I mean, that's what made, you know, that's why they're retired for the last 10 years. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah, but that early stuff was just um, magical. Before you could understand what Michael Stipe was singing about. And you thought, hmm. This guy must be on drugs. He's got long hair. Probably worships the devil. He must be intelligent. Well, he's part of that (laughs) Athens crowd, which we've had a lot on this podcast. And uh, we love the Athens crowd. Yes, we have to definitely get a time machine and go back to that era and just go hang out with those people. It'd be a riot. Since the, again, the only three lad community is the third lad this week. Uh, For number four, I saw Bill Ball. Ultra Vivid Scene. That was a band that I had to go and kind of research. I think that they're a huge Brett band, though. They are. I figured. I figured listening to
0: their music. That was a very unique choice. I wouldn't have thought about it, even. It's a great choice, though. When I started listening, I was like, I got to get more into this band and find out more about it. But I yeah, I remember going to Tower Records for that one. I think the, the album was 1967 to 1990. And I'm not sure what the significance of that of that title was. But it's a good album. My buddy Grant Harvey chose The Call at number four. Oh, great band. And uh, let's see. I thought another good one, Chris Havercroft, chose Super Chunk.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. That is a good band. Yeah, big in the 90s. Yeah, The Call had a lot of great songs. And wasn't that, um? God, remember that song? She's so high. Totally can't hit that note, obviously. Tal Bachman. Yeah, wasn't Bachman. No, that was some. No, that was somebody else. Then. I forget it. Edit this part yeah. out. I don't know. My, because, Michael Bean
0: was the call.
2: Right. But didn't he then his son have a song or something like that? Or am I thinking I of know. somebody else? No. I, are
0: you are you thinking of is Tal Bachman,
2: Randy Bachman's son from uh, the Guess Who and Bachman Turner Overdrive? Well, I know that there was one guy, I think it was the guy from the call, like he was doing sound for his son's band. And that's where he had a heart attack and dropped dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yes, I do remember that story. So that is the guy from the call, right? I, I think know. it was. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, have to Not look completely. it up. Hey, maybe, you know, go to the Only Three Lads Facebook page. And if I'm, you know, if I'm, you know, mixing my stories together, because sometimes that happens. Us old people, that happens. Um, things we yes. kind of like, we kind of weave our... No, his son's band was Black Rebel Motorcycle Club.
0: Okay. Which I I love that band. I don't think I realized that that was his son's band.
2: Well, look at that. We found something new. My yeah, stupidity led us to something new. So I'm very glad about that. <laughs> thank you Greg and thank you Google. <laughs> and thank you Brett for looking that up.
1: Yeah, no it is problem.
2: the <laughs> It's the Only Three Lads podcast. We're taking a look at our top five American bands. What a hard week to pick five bands. It was really, really hard. If you have five bands, make sure and go to our Facebook page, hit like, hit notifications and hang out with us. And don't forget, you can show your community pride by wearing an Only Three Lads t-shirt. We have all kinds there. Go ahead, just hit the shop button. And uh, Brett has really designed a lot of cool t-shirts. They are stylish. Stylish. And when you wear them, you look good. You look good. You are the envy of your friends or the uh, scorn of strangers. Well, no, I think you look taller. You look richer and you look younger wearing an Only Three Lads T-shirt. Just letting you know. I wear mine. People are like, oh, my God, you're like 25, right? I'm like, no. Now that's marketing for you. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our top five American bands. The list continues after this.
1: Hi, everybody. This is Andy Strickland from The
0: Loft, and you're listening to the Only Three Lads podcast so many ways to keep up and communicate with the show of course we're always active on our facebook page at facebook.com slash only three lads but did you know that we're also now on instagram at only underscore three underscore lads underscore podcast that's all for underscores or on twitter at only three lads p1 like our page or follow our feed for all the latest news and we'd love to read your comments feedback and messages now back to the show
2: Thank you for sticking around. We are back. The Only Three Lads podcast. Now, don't forget, you can get us on all of the platforms where you find your favorite podcasts like Podbean, Mm -hmm. Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, Apple, the iHeartRadio app. We're also on Amazon. Any other breakthroughs, Brett? Are we anywhere Uh, Well, we are on Google, too. Google. Okay. Yeah. So you just Google us and you can listen to us right in the Google browser. Oh, even easier. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Only Three Lads. That's what you got to type in there, podcast. Bam. And we're hanging out talking about music. We are talking about our top five American bands since it was just Independence Day. And this, again, was a hard list. There's so many bands that were left off my list that break my heart. Breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. But had to do it. Had to do it. Yeah. I had to leave off Lee Greenwood. Oh, that guy's a warmonger. I'll tell you why. (laughs) Now, we all know the song Proud to be an American. It's been around since the early 90s. Mm, You know, that guy, he I'm sure that he gets on his knees and prays every night for conflict and that's why that song in lee greenwood because you know he goes from theaters to stadiums when there's a war you know what i mm-hmm. mean so that's yep. where i think he's probably some sort of warmonger uh great song i'm sure he's a really nice guy but i i think when they're like hey bombs are dropping he's like yeah you
1: he's know? like yeah the
2: dollar go- sign. i'm gonna be good. on the tonight show Woo! you know,
0: proud to be an american i said I was going to get in trouble this episode. I swear I'm not anti-American. I I love this country. I'm very proud to be an American. I, however, am not proud of that song. And every time I hear it, it (laughs) makes me want to like stick hot needles in my eyes. So that is the one downside of the 4th of July is I know I'm going to have to hear that
2: song. Watch the video. It's even more disturbing 30 Mm. years later. Mm. He's wearing sweaters. It's like, who would wear a sweater on July 4th? But whatever. (laughs) At least in Phoenix, we don't wear sweaters in February here in Phoenix, so. Yeah. At yeah. least have the decency to wear a member's only jacket, buddy. Amen. It was it's like the late
0: 80s, I think when that song was Yeah, something like done. that. Right. What a dreadful song. But anyway, <laughs> back to good music. I promise this time I will not quote the Hoff. Ugh. Instead, I'm going to quote Grand Funk Railroad. Equally Sage. We'll come into your town will help you party it down, we're an American band. While I couldn't give two flying flurgs about partying with Grand Funk, my number three band will definitely help you party it down, Worcester, I don't have a good Boston accent, Massachusetts legendary Jay Giles band. I deliberated on whether I should include them or not because their first three albums are actually my favorites and they were all released before the O3L era. But the records that did land at the beginning of the era, 1974's Nightmares and Other Tales from the Vinyl Jungle, 1975's Hotline, and 1977's Monkey Island, are all great as well, showcasing the band in its manic R&B-fueled glory. The latter of those is Monkey Island also messes with the formula enough to include some expansive experimental moments. But the Giles Band's forte was as a funky, hard rockin' party band. Calling them America's answer to the Rolling Stones overstates their importance, maybe calling them America's answer to the faces is more apt. More than anything, they excelled in the live setting, so the one album I'll recommend from this era is Blow Your Face Out. The double 1976 live set is guaranteed to do just that, blow your face out or melt your face off. It's one of the great party records of all time, and the band absolutely cooks what a band they were. Jay Giles blazing lead guitar, the rhythm section of Danny Klein and Stephen Blad provide a sweaty workout. Magic Dicks, yeah, that, that is his stage name. Virtuosic harmonica, Seth Justman's keyboards and musical direction, and of course, one of the greatest frontmen of all time, Peter Wolf. Just listen to his opening rap on Musta Got Lost, the live version, or better yet, check out some live footage on YouTube to see Woofa Goofa in all of his wild man glory. Of course, the band would go on to have MTV hits with Love Stink, Centerfold, and Freeze Frame, but if that's all you know about them, then you don't know the Jay Giles band. I'm also extremely envious of you because you have so much great music to discover. So to quote the opening lines from Blow Your Face Out, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the bad boys from Boston, the funkiest band
2: in the land, the incomparable Jay Giles band. Great pick. Thank you. Great pick. Centerfold. That That was one of the first videos I saw on MTV and I said, this is (laughs) smut and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) To see her in that negligee. It's really much too much. Love it.
0: That's a great track.
2: Great track, but their earliest records are just barn burners. Yeah. And then what happened to them? They just kind of uh, Peter Wolf, the lead singer, left the band and then won't won't. Yeah. Wah. And then their last album without Peter Wolf, uh, Seth Justman kind of led the
0: band. And it is a travesty. It is <laughs> truly one of the worst
2: pieces of garbage you will ever hear in your life. Oh, it's terrible. But so, that's a great pick, though. I really do like your number three pick. Thank you. That Thank didn't you. even come across my radar, but. Great pick. I'm happy that you got that one in there. Well, there you go. How all about right. your number three, Gregory? Well, at number three on my list is a band that could have all the boys and girls rip off their shirt and twirl them over their head at a concert. Of course, use a sock to cover your... Eh, ah, it's the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> at number three for me. They mix, you know, funk, hard rock, psychedelic rock together and have had us partying since 1983. Almost 40 years ago, by the way, when that band got together. <laughs> You know, they've always been unique, which has kept them connecting with us and has kept them around for a long time. Like I said, 40 years next year, they're gonna be on tour, I'm sure, 40 years. And it's interesting to hear the story how Anthony Kiedis got into the band. You know, they were playing at a a club in LA and they were all childhood friends. Uh, And then, you know, Anthony got up on stage and started doing nursing rhymes. And the next week there was lines around the place. And so the first Red Hot Chili Pepper singer quit. You know, he kind of put his tail between his legs and walked away because he knew yeah. something magical there. And then there you go, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, you know, they are the a cultural phenomenon. Since I've been in alternative radio starting in 1993, uh, there was one hit after another, one hit record, Mother's Milk. Just all of them, just in that early 90s, it was just crazy. Um, and I'm sure that everybody in the Only Three Lads community can think of a Red Hot Chili Peppers song that either helps you remember or define a chapter of your life. The of your be- Plus, the Red Hot Chili Pepper is bringing Californication to the world, so that's why they are number three for me this week of the top five American bands. They'll help you party it down. Oh, my God. There are concerts back in the early 90s. Did you ever go to one? No, I've never seen them. It was like a a controlled riot where, you know, like sometimes you go to the shows and people want to beat the crap out of each other or they get into the mosh pit. And that's like, they're "They're going to get into a brawl. You know, got like walls of meat, frat guys, you know, and they're just like. uh." But the Red Hot Chili Peppers, it was more of a community. And so like Hmm. someone got knocked down, they pick them up, you know, and it was just a riot. You know, when you see everybody take off their shirts and twirl them over their heads. It was boys and girls. And, you know, then you have, you know, the girls in their bras or some girls, they were just in there all together out. Yeah. Oh, it was it was just a I wouldn't even call it a controlled riot, but (laughs) no one got hurt and everyone had a great time. It's your kind of riot. That's damn right. Damn right. Our third
0: lads, not everybody, I think, put them in order. So name off a couple of interesting ones. Michael DeWeese, one of his choices was The Untouchables, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Joshua Cole, not a band I would normally think of in the scope of this show, but he had heart on his list.
2: Okay. I, I could so. stomach that. I like heart. Yeah, there you go. Definitely. I like some well, heart. Julio Santos, one of our friends south of the board. I believe he lives in Tijuana. He picked a band maybe you wouldn't have on your list for sure. He picked Pearl Jam. I would not. Yes. That is true. But there's no denying one of the big four of the alternative push of the early 90s and of the rise of alternative radio, for sure. That I would agree. Yeah.
0: I would agree with. Even if it's not for me, I cannot understate their importance
2: in that whole scene. Yeah. Huge. Especially, gosh, 10 when that came out. Still today, I would bet it's one of the best-selling albums out there. People keep buying it. Yeah, probably. buying it on vinyl. They're buying on vinyl. I think there's an anniversary release every,
0: you know, whenever there's an anniversary. Every for five
2: it. years. Every
0: five years. <laughs> yes.
2: And they still sell a million. So good for them. Yeah. Well, the third lads are really on fire. Yeah. A lot of great bands. A lot of great stuff that we had to leave off. Baby, oh. you are all fireworks. Katy right. Perry. We're not too cool to mention Katy Perry on this podcast. Gosh, no. She's kind of a it's kind of a homer for me because she went to school here as a kid. Oh, did she? Yeah, somewhere like in uh, Paradise Valley up in like uh, North Phoenix. And she was at some it's like a Christian school. Whenever she talks about her parents and she can use the word lucky and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So that was her. That that was her life here in the Phoenix area back in the day. Interesting.
0: All right. Well, my number two, based on a comment you made last week, Greg, I'm figuring that you're not going to have this one. So I'm going to. And it is talking heads. Of course, it's not like the Talking Heads need me to champion them or anything. They're one of the most critically lauded bands of the new wave era or actually all time. And they were Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees in 2002. What I love about the heads is that they constantly challenged and evolved throughout their career. The earliest records successfully merged art rock with a punk sensibility, essentially defining what new wave was. And then by hooking up with Brian Eno, they continued to push the envelope further, experimenting with funk, avant-garde, and African music. Their progression is truly astounding. And you may ask yourself, well, how did I get here? The days go by. the water the days go by. Water flowing into the, the How they went from nervous, quirky art school kids to the groundbreaking, genre-defying band that made Fear of Music and Remain in Light. How do you follow up those albums? You do it by getting even bigger. They doubled the size of their touring band and dove headlong into a dense, expansive collection of arty funk with speaking in tongues. Of course, the album that includes classics like Burning Down the House and Girlfriend is Better. They were treated somewhat with the relatively straightforward pop music of Little Creatures and True Stories, the latter being the closest thing to a failure that the band would come. Of course, track two on side B of True Stories, Radiohead, would give the name to another one of the most important bands of all time. So all was not lost there. Following the understated but enjoyable world music exploration of 1988's Naked, the band quietly disappeared only to announce their official breakup three years later. The Talking Heads universe has, of course, given us an adventurous, if inconsistent, David Byrne solo career, Tina Weymouth and Chris Francis' Tom, Tom Club, Jerry Harrison's solo work, and more importantly, his illustrious production career. But it's their work together that continues to be a source of inspiration. My son Julian, 17 years old, he recently will use air quotes, discover talking heads and he's in a major talking heads mood lately. So that tells me that the future of the world is in good hands, kids. Then I also remember that Justin Bieber's yummy exists and then I realized that I may be a little bit premature in that. Anyway though, I think that this quote best sums up the heads. I wanted to play around with the format, really tear it to pieces and shake it up. And that sounds exactly like what they did but of course, that quote is from the Hoff, and he continued by saying, "For example, if Mitch saves someone from drowning, and then that person goes out and releases a virus that kills a million people, well, that seems a
2: little bit ominous and portentous, I guess." Wow, so, five dollar word there. Please define, because <laughs> there's some of us going. I think that means, but I'm not sure.
0: Well, I, I think that uh, David Hasselhoff may have predicted COVID. Nice. Okay. Yes. Thank
2: you. There you go. Yeah. Now, you know, there's some great stuff from Talking Heads. I don't hate the band, but I, for some reason, it just, I don't know. It's like uh, there's some, you know, I grew up on MTV and watching, you know, the big songs and the videos. Yeah. And I know that if the Talking Heads got together and went on tour, they would fill stadiums every you know night. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, they could do their own traveling classic alternative tour and they it, it would be huge. But I don't know why. Like I said last week, as you're talking about, If there was a choice between Talking Heads and Tom Tom Club, I'd probably pick Tom Tom Club. If you haven't listened to Speaking in Tongues, and maybe you have, but that's probably the album that I would say that that's that's like Uncle Greg centric. Okay. Well then I'll you know, again, maybe I haven't heard it in a long time and I'm still carrying hate that I shouldn't carry from decades ago.
1: Not hmm. hate. You go. It
2: just wasn't for me. That's like U2, early U2. I still listen to it on a weekly basis. Then we get into 87. Wow, wow, wow. And so I just can't get past it. Not that there's some, you know, good songs in there that I listened to, but it just was never the same for me. And I think that's the same thing with, yeah. with Talking Heads. Great band. Glad they're there. Uh, influential. They're Icons, But it just, for some reason, something didn't connect with me. But you know what? That's the one band where if they reunited, I
0: think that they could do their legacy proud. I think they are all still creative enough individuals. And, uh, you know, I think they could go out and just and just kill it. The Smiths, that's a band that I would love to see together. But I would also be worried that it would just be a total
2: train wreck. That's that's why you'd want to go. <laughs> I guess. You might see a fist fight right on stage. Because, you know, there's some of those bands, you know, like, let's say you, you go to a concert and you love these old songs and they mean so much to you. God, when I was in high school, I listened to this. And then they say, all right, here's a song off our new album. And you're like, all right, time to go pee. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like what you're saying is that the Smiths, you'd be like, oh, no. Um, but Talking Heads, they would pull that off. Yeah,
0: I think they could. But Alas, based
2: on Chris France's book recently, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think ever either. I think there was a story with Mr. France talking about he got together with David Byrne. They were talking about it. and They were getting huge offers to get together and go on tour. And he said, we don't even have to do new music. And I I haven't read the book, but I've heard this one time. And then basically David Byrne just went off on him. And, you know, it was like, I I guess he doesn't ever want to ever revisit that part of his life again yeah i don't know maybe if he gets in financial trouble so huh maybe we could scam something you know <laughs> something with the me too movement get him back yeah, let's, let's set this <laughs> yeah, up yeah. sounds like a foolproof plan sounds evil i gotta get it out of my head <laughs> all right so the runner-up on my list of the top five american bands of the o3l era is one that seems to have gotten together at the right place at the right time And I'm not proud of it, talked about this on past episodes, but if I wasn't being a drunken thief, I may have never fallen in love with this band. And even though the Pixies never had huge success to begin with, they did influence alternative music by being the shoulders that bands like Nirvana, Radiohead, Smashing Pumpkins, Arcade Fire, Pavement, Cage the Elephant, and numerous other bands have stood on. David Bowie even said that in the 80s, they made some of the most compelling music. Pixies totally ahead of trends, and probably were a big part in creating a lot of trends themselves. Again, they had metal, punk, classic rock elements mixed with never heard before dynamics and timing. I just love the Pixies. I love them. I love them. number two on my list of the top five American bands. I wouldn't have guessed that for you. Yeah, I I, I had a feeling you knew that was coming. Uh, (laughs) I'm kind of predictable, but it's just the way things are. Just like your number one will be. Yes, yes, I think you already know. A lot of people already know. (laughs) If you don't know, head over to our Facebook page. Make sure and hit like, hit notifications. Our community is filled with just so many great people. We talk about our love of classic alternative music. It's like the connection where... We all have that early MTV, all these great bands, all these great songs. We all have had the same experiences no matter who we are. And that's what makes the Only Three Lads podcast community so great. So get there, yeah. tell your friends and do us a favor because this really does help. Whenever you see one of our posts, just hit like. If you can, please hit share so that other people can see it. Also with Facebook, the algorithms, um, some it will show it to people who you don't even know. So we would appreciate it if you would at least like it or share it. And then that way, Facebook goes, oh, people like this stuff. Let's get it out to more. And then we build our community, and we would really like to do that. That all sounds very sciencey, Greg. Yeah, I read it somewhere. I didn't think it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, stick around. Our number one, top American bands, coming up after this. Hi, this is Mark Klein from Love Tractor, and you're listening to the Only Three Lads
1: podcast. When you're backed into a corner, when life pushes you in one direction and your heart tells you to go in another direction, you gotta dig deep. Yeah. Find the courage yeah. to make the right choice. Yeah. I do. It may not be easy. No. But easy ain't always right. <gasps> That's episode 213 of Baywatch. Crack, crack goes the waves. Yeah. When Hobie bought all that crack and was smoking it with the kids at the beach, started hoeing out the other girls, you had to yell at him, you gave him that speech. I wrote that scene. Oh man, I'm so conflicted. Do I kill you? Or do I make sweet love to you? <laughs> Is there another choice? Those are the only two choices we got, baby.
2: Thank you for being here. The Only Three Lads podcast where we take a look at the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999. This week, we are looking at our top five American bands. A really hard week because of different bands Mm -hmm. that we had to leave off our list because there's so many great American bands of the Only Three Lads era. I am Uncle Greg. Of course, we have the rocker, the Professor, the guy who knows all about this music. Brett Vargo, I know a little something. You know a lot of something. Every week we learn stuff from you. Every week we get homework from you. Like right now, I've heard of the Ocean Blue. Your number five pick, but yeah. I have to go back and start listening to them more because I'm like, what exactly? I'm I'm hearing songs in my head, but I'm not 100 percent sure that's them. Might be too wimpy for you, but but it's good stuff. Well, that's okay. You know, there I do go through modes though. Like there's like I've, I've been going through a lot of piano music mo- uh, notes right now. Okay. Uh, And there's also a lot of times I listen to, of course, um, Tori.
0: Yeah, Tori. Uh, You uh, like your Sarah,
2: yeah. My Sarah McLaughlin. I've been listening to that a lot this week. Maybe that's helping me with the headaches. I'm not sure. Maybe it it would give me headaches. Oh, really? Well, well, Letters to Cleo I've been listening to. So I've been listening to a lot of female artists. Look at me. Look. Look how, gosh, I am a renaissance man. You are. You do have a fluffy side. I do. Not only do I listen to The Cult (laughs) and Nine Inch Nails and uh, Skinny Puppy and All those great bands. um, Sometimes you just want a little heart in your life. That's so true. (laughs) So true. (laughs) So honorable mentions for our top five American bands. Of course. Oh, uh, gosh. We've had a lot of great response.
0: Yeah, I had a lot of great response. As far as I'm concerned, uh, two of our friends from Athens, Pylon and Love Tractor were were honorable mentions for me, Mm -hmm. as well as The Bees, Shoes, The Feelies, Beat Happening. Even Chic was on my list. Yeah. Sponge Tones Pez band. I mean, I had a lot of relative
2: unknowns and underappreciated bands on there. So, yeah. you are you? Well, you know, I'm much more mainstream than you. Uh, so with, with with my picks week after week, because I worked in the radio station, so I know what I played over and over again. Um, And then Joshua Daniel Cole, he came on the Facebook page, two bands that broke my heart that didn't make my list again, the cars and Weezer. Um, Mm -hmm. Gosh, there was just millions of bands that could have been on this list. As you said, cheap trick was one that bothered me. So there's a lot of great bands that could have made the list, but you just had to go with what you had and thank God for all this great music. That's all I got to say. John McJunkin on
0: Facebook had some really interesting choices. He had seven on his list, but some that have not been mentioned, the Rainmakers, King's X, the mm-hmm. Smithereens, and SSQ, I thought were, were really good choices.
2: Smithereens. That was another great band. Smithereens, great band. There was a time, Smithereens, this was until the lead singer, can't, I don't remember his name, but he died a few years ago. Pat Dinizio. Yes, there you go. What he was doing online, he would give you tickets. And if you could sell enough tickets to get $2,000, he'd come and play in your backyard. Wow. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be cool. To have him at, like, you have a party or a holiday party or Fourth of July party. It'd be cool to have $2,000. <laughs> See? The man of reason, Brett <laughs> Fargo. There you go. I'm,
0: I'm a dreamer. <laughs> but you're not the only one. I'm not
2: the only one.
1: <laughs> what is
0: your number one this week? All right. So my number one in the history of American alternative rock, there is one band that stands head and shoulders above the rest in my world. David Heffel. It's probably not going to be a surprise to a lot of people. Hailing from Minneapolis, Chris Mars, Tommy Stinson, Bob Stinson, Slim Dunlap, and Paul Westerberg, The Replacements. There you go. What nobody was expecting. Like the Huskers, they started out in the Twin Cities hardcore scene and quickly grew into one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. The key difference with the Matt's earliest records... Like Sorry Ma Forgot to Take Out the Trash, Stink, and Who Nanny is that underneath the volume, speed, and drunken sloppiness, there were always the songs. Those glorious songs that continue to live and breathe every time you put them on. They never once lost sight of what makes rock and roll so magical. They never took themselves too seriously. They were wickedly funny, self deprecating, sarcastic, and brimming with Midwestern irreverence. It's like the Hoffs said, if you can't laugh at yourself, then you can't laugh at life and the silliness of it all. Again, wise words from a very wise man. But it was evident from the earliest days that Paul Westerberg would flourish into a brilliant songwriter. It's a rare writer who can tug at your emotions the way he can with tracks like Within Your Reach, Answering Machine, 16 Blue, Here Comes a Regular, Skyway, or Sadly Beautiful or make you feel as excited and alive as I Will Dare, Alex Chilton, or Can't Hardly Wait, or connect with you the way that Unsatisfied or Left of the Dial does, or make you laugh like Waitress in the Sky or Customer does. Their classic three-album run of Let It Be, Tim, and Please to Meet Me represents one of the best in music history, mark my words, but they never released a bad record.
1: I can't wait,
0: Even their last two albums, Don't Tell a Soul and All Shook Down, lack a little of the chaotic spark that made their previous album so special, but it's replaced by a maturity and craft that makes them a relatively dignified way for the band to go out. Of course, the Mads have featured on many of my lists in the past, starting right from episode one. So you guys probably know by now, I love this band with all my being. Don't Tell a Soul, it would be unnatural if my number one was anything but The Replacements. Great
2: pick, great Thank band. You. I'm at my number one. You have one guess. Well, I think it's going to smell a little bit like Teen Spirit. There you go. As many people knew, Replacements would be your pick. Everyone knows Nirvana is my pick. Thinking either that or the Ramones. Well, yeah, I thought the Ramones. That's another band that I had to leave off my list that broke my heart. Another band that I left off was White Stripes, but technically they were around 97, but they didn't really Mm. release music until 2001. But White Stripes, another big band for me that I really, really enjoy. But Nirvana, I was on the I-5 San Diego listening to 91X. And just like the rest of the world, the rest of the culture, for me, things were never the same again after that. I mean, the way they blended the heavy music with pop tendencies and the way they spoke to a generation like never before. If you were there and you were at least 10, 12 years old, you remember how culture just flipped when Nirvana came out, not only with music, but fashion, politics, and even made us you know, basically think for ourselves because Nirvana's music goes to the core question of just question everything. That's the core of it. Tradition, authority, why we personally think a certain way. Cobain's music helped make depression something we can all talk about. 30 years ago, everyone just thought you're crazy if you were on lithium. You know, now it's like more accepted because partly of Nirvana. So even if you know someone who says they can't stand Nirvana, there's no denying their impact to this day. And that's why they are my top American band this week on the only three lads podcast here, here. Well done. Yes. Wow. Great list. Great picks from our other lad, our community out there on Facebook. Yeah, we have a couple more. Uh,
0: Julie Munsterman had uh, a couple on her list were sublime, which we have not mentioned and violent fems, which surprisingly we have not mentioned. And then uh, Shannon Lifchez had Devo, and Oingo Boingo, which, which you had
2: said was painful for you to leave. Off, Absolutely. So. Well, that's like with Violent Femmes, one of my very first makeout sessions ever as a teenager added up was the song that was playing at one point. We were macking down. Chawing in that visual for a while. Yeah. And then, of course, if you know the lyrics, very suggestive. I was hoping <laughs> it would work, but it did not. Still it was just a makeout <laughs> session. I mean, I was like. It goes past suggestive. <laughs> well, yeah, it's. It's just flat out says it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I remember hearing the Let's Go All The Way. Can't remember the name of that band. Let's go all the way. Oh, you're not talking about Raspberries Go All The Way. No, it's the other band. Let's go all the way. Let's go all the way. Mm. Sounds sounds like that could be like DeBarge or something. No, it, it was kind of more of an alternative MTV band at the time. Hmm. Okay. Hold on, we're, we're gonna figure this out. But I remember because that was one of the songs, I think that came on before added up. Do we have to Google twice in an episode? Uh, we do because this is gonna drive wow. me mean, nuts. I feel like we're cheating. Oh, um,
0: Sly Fox.
2: Sly Fox is the one, yep. Sly Fox. Okay, so imagine being a young man just figuring out my body does certain things, even when I don't want it to. She doesn't listen to this, so her name was Roberta.
0: Roberta. Oh. Okay. Well, Roberta, if you are listening, why can't Greg get one more?
2: (laughs) I'm sure that she does not remember me, but I remember her. Let's go all the way. All right. You ready to go down our list? I think
0: so. Let's see. My number five was the Ocean Blue. Number four was Husker Du. Number three was the Jay Giles Band. Number two was Talking Heads. Number one, The Replacements.
2: And for me, number five, Nine Inch Nails. Number four, R.E.M., which I thought we would be, have a crossover with, Brett, but I think you probably it, might have picked it something close. else. It was it close. It was close. At number three, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Number two, Pixies. And my top American band of the O3L era, Nirvana. Ooh, and great picks from the community, too. Oh, a lot of great music. I like this. I yeah. like this a lot. It's good. All right. So we got to figure out what we're doing next week. Let's hit the randomizer. All right. I do happen to be prepared this week. We're right. not going to let this one pass with, uh, <laughs> without it. Yeah, we were talking to Mr. Strickland last week, having such a great time uh, that we forgot to do the randomizer. We and We figured that him. out after we put out the episode. We're like, hey, doofus, we forgot stuff. And it, but it's more my <laughs> fault. No,
0: not at all. How about, I think we've done albums from this year, but how about the top five songs of 1998?
2: Oh, near the end of the era. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. It was the end of Britpop, kind of. Kind of little, it was. A lot of the new metal was coming out, the stuff that you really despise. Mm, yeah. Limp Biscuit. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to find out all this great music from 1998, so make sure, head over to our Facebook page. You can be the third lad next week of our top five songs of 19. 98. Wow, that's 23 years ago now. I can't even fathom that. I know, it's so weird. Time goes so fast. It's so true. Remember when your parents used to tell you that? Time goes so fast. You're like, whatever. Like a school (laughs) year seemed just like it dragged on. And now you're like, we got less than six months now and Happy New Year, 2022. July 1st was the exact six-month mark of 2021. Make it stop. I know. So how many shopping days until Christmas? Uh, 187.
0: No, I don't. I just made that up. I don't even think depends. that mathematically pans
2: out. Well, because it also depends when a person listens to this. Oh, that's true. You so, could be listening to this on Christmas Eve and you're like, idiots. Yeah. yeah, it's not there. Let's see. I still have time to get to the Quickie Mart. Well, as of July 4th, there are 172 shopping days until Christmas. How about we do this? So let's see um, when it comes out on Tuesday. Well, That'd be minus two. Yeah, minus two, so it be 171. Because we work very
0: quickly. I don't think people realize that necessarily that, you know, we, we record this and then within less than 48 hours, it's out to the world. Yes, we don't mess around. We don't mess around. And you can edit. Oh, I mean, this is all so enthralling.
2: <laughs> Can't you tell? All right. Thank you for sticking around with us. Thank you for being part of the Only Three Lads community. And we will see you next week. Is there anything else that you want to say, Brett? before we go? Well, gee willikers, this is a darn
0: tootin' good episode. We thank you all for listening, and really, we do thank you for being a part of this community and your contribution. You know, when it's just Greg and I and only two lads, we have to have a third lad, and that is all of you, the collective whole, which, as we said on Facebook, that is a gender-neutral term, so you're all lads in our eyes. But what
2: else could we use if not for lad? Because, like, some people may be ladette or lad um, Alas. Alas that's the proper term we just have a party everyone's invited we're
0: going to help you party it down the theme music is frequency written and performed by yours truly brett vargo any other music in this episode is presented solely for purposes of review examination and news reporting if you like what you hear go to your record store and pick up the lp cd cassette or 8 track or stream it if you're one of those newfangled fancy pants if we're lucky enough to still have these artists with us go out and see some live music For the latest updates, join the O3L community at facebook.com slash only3lads. We want to hear from you. And while you're at it, click on the Shop Now link for the coolest threads. Until next time, thanks
1: for listening. What would you do to achieve the American dream, the big house, the happy family, the money. What's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> my, mom and dad. my mom and my dad. From Airship.